Welcome on in, everybody, to the Doghouse here on the OBR Streaming Network. The Doghouse is your place for the best preview of the Cleveland Browns' upcoming matchup of the week. We've got a great guest coming up here to talk about the Browns and the vaunted, undefeated, and, and impermeable San Francisco 49ers. Uh, we're going to bring him here in, in here in just a little bit. But with you, as always, I'm your host, Michael Keefe. Find me online at Garage Beers Mike, and make sure you are tuned into everything the OBR has got going on here in Cleveland. The best place to get Cleveland Browns coverage is right here on the OBR. Five days a week of streaming coverage uh, and the best written stuff on the web happens on the OBR. So make sure you're subscribed, make sure you're following, and make sure you're tuned in all the way here on the OBR streaming network. So again, it is 49ers week. We're coming off the bye here in Cleveland, an early bye week, what feels like a necessary bye week. And it's been a long, a long stretch. Cleveland Browns coming off a terrible loss to the Baltimore Ravens in which Deshaun Watson couldn't play. The injury still lingers. Uh, DTR didn't look great in his NFL debut, but what can you expect going against a good defense in Baltimore? And man, taking a loss heading into the bye week is tough. So excited to look forward. Even if the task looks daunting ahead, it's exciting to look forward to see if the Browns can bounce back after that loss to the Ravens. And to do that, I am very excited for this. You know him. If you're on Twitter, uh, he's a great NFL voice, but he also covers the 49ers. You've seen him in places such as SB Nation, Pro Football Talk. Uh, currently still does work with ESPN Radio and is a host on the Internet's best 49ers coverage site, the Gold Standard Network. Uh, go find him online at Stats on Fire. It's Rob Guerrero. Rob, welcome into the Garage Beer. Or, I'm sorry, I'm, that's the next podcast. Welcome into the Doghouse. They all blur together at some point, Mike. Thank you very much for having me. I do two shows on Tuesday nights. It's hard to keep track of both of them. I do the same thing. I do like a five-minute update in the mornings, and I always start it with a good morning. And I can't tell you how many times I've started the long-form show that way. And I'm just like, nope, that's not the right thing. Hey, listen, that's just... We are an imperfect bunch here. We're an imperfect bunch, and that's, I think, why people like us. I think that's why people enjoy hanging out with us. So welcome into the doghouse officially, Rob. It's been it's been a fun season for you so far, huh? <laughs> out there covering the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, yes, to say the least. I mean, there's, there's nothing to complain about. There, there's literally, and I complain about a lot of things. This team <laughs> has trailed for one minute and 45 seconds. And we're five games into the season. So, like, that just sums it up right now. It is all good in 49er land. What's it like? What's, what is that? I'm a Browns fan, Rob. I, we cover the Browns. What, what is this like? It's, it's like a dream. Like, it's unreal. And I keep telling 49er fans, like, please do not take this for granted. I'm old enough to remember the early 2000s, okay? I remember the Dennis Erickson <laughs> 49ers. I remember the Jim Tom Sula 49ers and the Chip Kelly foot. This is not normal. This is not normal. 16 straight regular season game or 15 straight, I believe, regular season games. That ties the franchise record. And this is not a poverty franchise we're talking about. We're talking about one of the most storied teams in the NFL. Right now, they are on their longest regular season win streak. They've scored 30 points in eight straight regular season games. It's bizarre. But I don't want to wake up from this dream. I don't. I I can't even imagine. I can't imagine. We on the other side. We got the Browns here, 
one of the league's best. I mean, we're going to watch and we'll get into the preview of the game. We're going to watch two of the league's best defenses going at it uh, in this game on on Sunday with the Browns and the Niners. But we got the Browns that we gave we gave up negative seven yards to the Pittsburgh Steelers on that on that Monday night game in the fourth quarter, negative seven yards in the fourth quarter and still managed to blow a lead and lose the game. How is that possible? I don't know. That's unbelievable. How did that happen? Well, when your offense just hands the ball over to them and they score two pick sixes in the game, that's that's how that happens. That's how that yeah, happens, Rob. You know, you know what? All I can say to Cleveland fans is I have been where you are. Like, I know what it's like when nothing is going your way. It can get turned around. It is possible. And I know Cleveland fans know this because they're the most loyal fans in football. It is possible. And then the Niners screwed it up with Jim Tom Sula and they screwed it up with Chip Kelly and then they got it right. And it all starts with your coach. Has there ever been a better looking coach though than Jim Tom Sula? Cause that hey, guy Jim Tom Sula just won the championship in uh, uh, some football league in Europe. He was undefeated. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, maybe he's a late bloomer. I love it. All right. So real quick, uh, again, if people don't know you, you're everywhere. I, it's you've got, I think you've got to be one of my longest f- people I've followed on Twitter. Uh, Cause you cover not just the Niners, but you talk about the NFL in general. Great follow again, follow him on Twitter at stats on fire. Uh, but are you a lifelong 49ers guy? Are you from the Bay area? What's tell us about your, your fanhood first and then how you came to start covering the 49ers. Okay, so I'm a lifelong 49er fan, but I actually live in Connecticut, born and raised in Connecticut. But when I was a kid, I didn't want to have to choose between rooting for the Jets or the Giants or the Patriots just because they were close. So I said, I'm going to pick a team (laughs) that's really far away. So I went all the way across the country and picked the 49ers. And I've been a 49er fan for 33 years now. Love this team. Um I had been working on pro football talk with Mike Florio and Chris Sims. I was producing that show, uh, got laid off once COVID hit, then got a job with Niners Nation at SB Nation covering the Niners. And then they laid me off in January, right before the Cowboys playoff game. And so I just decided to start my own uh, network, the Gold Standard Network. And so I've been doing that uh, ever since. I love it. I love it. All right, let's talk about these two teams uh, let's talk about the season to date before we get into this matchup. Again, the Browns 49ers, 1 o'clock here Eastern time uh, on Sunday in what looks like it could be an ugly day in Cleveland as they're calling for a lot of rain this weekend. So we'll see what happens there. But, again, start with your team, 5-0. and I mean, you guys are blowing everybody out. I mean, that, that, that Cardinals game, I think, was that was like the close game. And it still was <laughs> – nobody ever really thought that that the 49ers weren't going to win that game. Uh, just an absolute destruction of pretty much everybody, including probably the most impressive victory of the year against the Dallas Cowboys, who you guys absolutely destroyed this week. Uh, is there, is there any chink in this team's armor? Is there any, is there anywhere to look where you're like, yeah, you know, they're playing, you got Christian McCaffrey scoring touchdowns every single game. You got Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel look great. Brock Purdy, Mr. Irrelevant is going to make a bid to be the MVP this season, which is outrageous. The defense is giving up nothing to these teams. Uh, the coaching is good. I mean, where, when you look at this team and really evaluate it, what, what, I don't know. Is this the easiest job a coach has ever had? <laughs> Just going through and making sure these guys are playing the way that they're playing. I am not a 
trash talk, bravado type of fan. If anything, I am always looking to be critical. I'm always trying to say, hey, it's not all champagne and strawberries. But I have to be honest, right now it is. It is. There's not, there is nothing. The defense is dominating. The Niners have won every game except one by multiple scores this year. And the only reason it's not every game is Sean McVay kicked a meaningless field goal on the last play <laughs> of the game against the Rams to make it a one-score game. Otherwise, that would have been a double-digit victory for the Niners. They can win any game you want to play. If you want to have a shootout, they can. They score 30 points a game. If you want to have a defensive struggle, their defense, the most they've given up all year is 23 points to the Rams. And like I said, three of those came at the end. They can win any kind of way in any kind of game. So I honestly, I don't mean to be that guy, but they have no weaknesses right now. I would be that guy. I, if the Browns, if the Browns were five and zero, just destroying everybody and done, and you can't find a weakness, I'd be that guy. It's not a trash talk thing. It's true. Tell me about Brock Purdy a little bit because again, we watch all the games. But when you live in Cleveland and you're following the Browns, you're not in the same conference. You're not in the same division. We know the 49ers are really good. I want to know about Brock Purdy. Right here's this guy that gets taken last pick in the draft, comes out of nowhere and steps in and is so efficient and effective, that team had a real good shot at the Super Bowl last year if everybody didn't get hurt. Literally everybody got hurt, and they still almost made the Super Bowl. Now he comes out this year, and I think a lot of people were questioning, is Brock Purdy just the product of like that one year of success, and nobody really had tape on him, and he's coming out, and he's he's one of the most efficient, effective quarterbacks in football. Look at this game against the Cowboys. I mean, he didn't throw for a gaudy number of yards, but he doesn't have to. I mean, 250 yards, but four touchdowns, no interceptions, not a lot of incompletions. This guy is just, it's, I dare say, he he feels like the next coming of like the Tom Brady type player where he just, nobody expected it out of him, and he just does what's in front of him. If Kyle Shanahan could have created a quarterback in Madden and made him the quarterback of this 49ers team, Brock Purdy would be it. It would be him. (laughs) He is decisive. He gets the ball out of his hands incredibly fast, which does mask some weaknesses on the 49ers offensive line. And the thing I love about Brock and definitely the thing 49er fans love about Brock is that he takes doubles over singles. Kyle Shanahan is great at getting guys open. And with Jimmy Garoppolo, it was usually a guy open a couple of yards past the line of scrimmage over the middle. And Jimmy would throw the ball there and they would move the ball down the field. And they won a lot of games that way. Yes. With Brock, he's not taking that guy. He's looking deeper down the field. Who's the intermediate guy? Who's the deep guy down the field? How can I really gash this defense? And he has done it at an incredible level. He's accurate with the football, and he throws with an incredible amount of anticipation. If you go back and watch, he's starting his throws well before receivers are coming out of breaks, and that's difficult for any defense to stop. I don't care how good you are, and the Browns have one of the best in the entire league. So Brock has been exactly what Kyle Shanahan has been hoping for. The other thing that impresses me about Brock Purdy that I don't think gets talked about enough is he's got this, he's got an ability to extend drives. He doesn't seem like, or extend plays. I mean, he doesn't seem like the type of player that is going to beat you a lot with his legs. And he's not going to beat you with his legs a lot. That's not what I mean by this, but man, the guy figures out a way to get out. He doesn't get in a lot of trouble. It's a really good offensive line uh, for the 49ers. But when he gets in trouble, he figures out a way to, to wiggle out of it, keep his eyes downfield. He made a couple plays in the game against the, against the Cowboys where I thought he was getting brought down in the backfield. He somehow got out of it and, and you'd pick up like a 25 yard game. So he's good. He's good at extending plays as well. 
Yes, he does not scramble. He only has one game in his entire career, which is admittedly small, but he only has one game in his career with more than 10 rushing yards. He doesn't scramble, but he does extend plays. He moves laterally. He's incredibly elusive. There was a play in week one against the Steelers where Minka Fitzpatrick is coming through untouched on a blitz and Brock pulls a move on him and Minka touches air. Doesn't even get a hand on Brock Purdy. He's incredibly elusive in a one-on-one situation. And that has been the thing that has been missing from this 49ers offense for so long with Kyle Shanahan. That's what they were hoping to get with Trey Lance was somebody that could, you know, sort of succeed outside of the system at times. And they absolutely have that with Brock. It's wild. It's wild to watch what Brock Purdy is becoming just right in front of our eyes, just from the minute he touches the football right in front of our eyes. It's wild. You also have, I mean, we we can't not talk about the the Niners offense without talking about the guy that scores touchdowns every time he plays in a game, which is Christian McCaffrey. He set uh, or he tied the NFL record in the game against the Cowboys with a touchdown. He can break the NFL record against the Browns. So, uh, first of all, I have to tell you, I already hate this. This is like a 49ers love fest. And ugh. And I don't like, I don't dislike the 49ers. I don't care one way or the other about the 49ers, but I can't. Problem is, as an opposing fan of an opposing team, Rob, I can't talk any smack about the 49ers. You really can't. There's nobody I don't like on the team. Nobody, nobody is like, there's just, it it, it is a team full of like likable guys that play hard and are really good at football. And it drives me crazy because I kind of want to talk smack a little bit. I got nothing for you, man. I got nothing. All right. Well, let me ask you a question because, yeah, you know, the big joke of the Cowboys fans were saying, well, look at the 49ers schedule. They haven't played a good team all year. And my response to that would be, yeah, you're right. The 49ers still haven't played a good team because we just wiped the floor. with. <laughs> yeah, right, right. <laughs> but I think that this is the best defense the 49ers have faced all year by far. Maybe the best they'll face all season. Tell me what makes the Browns defense so good besides Miles Garrett being a football monster. Yeah, so it's it's the fact it's what they dedicated this offseason to and it's and it's coming to fruition. They dedicated the offseason to uh a bolstering the front line of the defense. We were so we were so good with Miles Garrett last year and nobody else was good. I mean, mm-hmm. the interior defensive line for the Browns last year was one of the worst in football, if not the worst in football. I mean, you're trotting guys out there that had Perry on Winfrey who's not even playing right now. You've got Jordan Elliott who's on the team but now he's like the fourth guy off the bench. Uh, those were your starters. Tommy Togi, I was a starter last year. So you look back at certain games last year, like the Atlanta game, Atlanta. I, I can't remember what the stat was, but they beat us. They ran the ball on one drive, 15 consecutive plays and scored a touchdown because <laughs> the, the Browns defense just had no, there was nobody in the middle that could stuff the run. And we have pretty decent linebackers. Uh, Anthony Walker's a good player and JOK, Jeremiah Wosukoromo is a good player, but they were getting blocked five yards down the field before they could even make a move. And Jadavion Clowney was on his I'm out of here year where he was just there. He was just a guy. He knew he was leaving the next year and there was nothing really from him. So it was Miles Garrett up front. And then in the backfield, it was the story of a defensive coordinator that didn't know how to implement his defense with his players. Because the defense we're running this year is not all that dissimilar from the defense last year under Joe Woods. But, man, just busted coverage after busted coverage. Uh, I mean, a lot of people look back at the Jets game, a game the Browns were winning by two scores with like a minute and 48 seconds left, and they lost because of busted coverages. So this year they bring in Jim Schwartz, 
biggest difference is he understands how to implement the defense. And, uh, I mean, look what they did to address the defensive lines. So Darius Smith and Obo Okoronkwo and, and uh, uh, Dalvin Tomlinson and just they uh, Shelby Harris and Mo Hurst. And uh, they brought all these guys in to bolster that defensive line. And I'll tell you, every guy they brought in to bolster the defensive line, even down to a guy like Mo Hurst, is better than anybody they had playing on the defensive line last year, except for Miles Garrett. So, I mean, they just dedicated this offseason to we have to improve in that area, and they've turned it into one of the best units in football. Well, I think it is. I mean, you look at what that they are destroying teams, and Miles Garrett. I mean, Miles Garrett is just. I don't even know if he's human. Like all I yeah. think about when I see Miles Garrett is like, what do we do if his planet decides to send more? The guy <laughs> yeah. is a monster. And he's he's terrifying to me. And I think if the Browns honestly were a better team, he'd probably have some defensive player of the year trophies yeah. in his trophy case because he's that good. Um, is Deshaun Watson going to play? Because honestly, not to sound like a jerk, but if he doesn't, you have no shot. Yeah, listen, uh, we don't know. Uh, the rumor is that he's got a contusion in his rotator cuff in his throwing shoulder. So we, uh, who knows what that means? Who knows that that could be something that he play, he comes back for and plays through it. Or that could be something where it's, I mean, it's very dramatic around here right now, here in Cleveland. It's very dramatic. Uh, there's a lot of conspiracy theories out there. Oh uh, boy. Yeah. A lot of conspiracy theories. The, a lot of people saying, oh, well. I go to work at my lunch pail job if I've got an injury. But, like, the fact of the matter is it could be an injury that really is impacting his ability to throw the ball. So we have no idea. We didn't know until 1130 in the morning uh, last week before the Ravens game that he wasn't going to play. In the meantime, you decided to come into the season with Dorian Thompson-Robinson, uh, played out in California at, at mm-hmm. uh, uh, UCLA. Um he wasn't ready. He's a fifth round quarterback. You drafted him to be a project. He is a project. He was good in the preseason. He won the backup job, but man, he was not ready to play uh, the Baltimore Ravens. Now they did bring in PJ Walker that I do not say that with any level of excitement in my voice, <laughs> other than uh, PJ Walker's a guy that's played in the NFL and has actually won a couple football games in the NFL. Yeah. Uh, and so I believe news is coming out today that um well and by the time people are seeing this it's probably already come out that uh, if if uh deshaun watson can't go it'll be pj walker that plays and not dorian thompson robinson so they will have some level of a veteran but uh uh rob nobody's nobody in cleveland nobody in cleveland's gonna argue with you frankly i think if you polled fans in cleveland and we are the most loyal because nobody's been through the stuff we've been through but uh i think if you pulled cleveland even if deshaun does play uh it, it, we want to win. We would like to win, but it's going to take every, like we're used to everything going wrong to beat the 49ers for the Browns. Everything has to go right. Like everything has to go right. And I just, I don't know how that happens. What is the, what's the deal with Deshaun? Is he, was he rounding back into form? Cause I know obviously he struggled last year after the long layoff. And now, you know, his most recent game seems like it was his best game. Was he was he getting back to being the guy that was supposed to be warranted, you know, to get the fully guaranteed contract and all of that? Yeah, listen, uh, I said last year that I wasn't going to hold any of those games, whether he came out and played lights out, which he did not, or whether he came out and played poorly. I said 
last year is last year. I'm not, I'm not even counting those games mm -hmm. uh, for a variety of reasons that don't all have to do with Deshaun, but a lot of play calling and system and scheme and all that stuff too. This year, obviously he started slow. Uh, you, everybody started slow in that opening game against the Bengals. The weather was awful. Uh, played a really bad game against the Pittsburgh Steelers uh, and a primary reason we lost that game. Uh, but then bounced back that game against the Titans. Um, yeah, he rounded into shape and he, and he, and he showed you, I mean, he made some throws in that game that showed you like, Oh, this is the guy. If this, I'll tell you what, if I think even Browns fans who are beaten to a pulp over football, uh, if that's the guy that Browns fans are going to see on a week in and week out basis, I think Browns fans would say, we're going to, we're, a, we're going to win the division. Like we're, we're a, we're a 12 win football team. If that's the guy that shows up now, this is the hard part. This has been Rob. It's been the hard part the whole time. Yeah. We don't, we don't know. We don't know. We don't know if that's the guy, then he doesn't play the next week. He's got a hurt shoulder. So let's say he plays this week. If he doesn't play well, is it because he's not very good anymore? Or is it because he's got a hurt shoulder? It's a cloud of unknown hanging over our heads here in Cleveland. We, as much as everything is known with you and the 49ers and you know what your guys are and you know what we have, we have no idea what we have. We have no idea at the most important position in all of sports. We have no idea what we have. And that's the worst it's, place to be. It's tough. Uncertainty it's tough. is, is death. I hate uncertainty in football, in life. Even if the news is bad, I would rather have it now and I can react yeah. and I can deal with it. But to not know is incredibly frustrating, especially when you've got yeah. a guy like Miles Garrett, who's an incredible generational defensive player. You want to try and maximize that guy when he's there, and yet you can't do it because you don't know what's happening with your quarterback. has to be incredibly frustrating and also slightly terrifying knowing that he ain't going anywhere for a while because of that contract. Well, and, and when you talk about this season, you know, we've also had the security blanket ripped out away from us, right? Uh, Nick Chubb is the security blanket, right? Uh, you guys have one of the league's best running backs there in San Francisco. We've got the other one here in Cleveland and he's invincible. Nick Chubb is invincible. And to see him take that leg injury. I mean, I don't think enough people talked about the fact that that was probably very emotional for those guys to get over mm -hmm. uh, on that Monday night game. And so that probably explains a little bit of how they played the rest of that game. Um, but now's when you need Deshaun. And injuries happen to every team every year. Every team's going to go through it. It's football. It's the nature of the game. This, I think it's very telling. If he's injured, it's one thing. But if he can play, this is the stuff where you should be able to rely on the $230 million quarterback to say, you know what, we might have lost Nick Chubb, but we got our $230 million quarterback, and he's going to go out there and win games for us. So hopefully we see him out there. I don't, no offense to PJ Walker, seems like a fine gentleman. <laughs> I don't want to add another name to the long list of Cleveland Browns starting quarterbacks. I'm tired of seeing that jersey all over everywhere. Uh, but yeah, we just don't know, Rob. We have no, we don't know. <laughs> that is very, very frustrating. I, I can mm -hmm. relate. Look, we've been, sir, I've been in quarterback wilderness also. You know, we oh, yeah. felt we got glimpses. We thought it was Jimmy Garoppolo because he had five good games in 2017. And then he was the biggest reason the 49ers do not have a Super Bowl trophy already. We thought it was going to be Trey Lance and that ship never really got out of port and we never really saw what he was. And now we think it's Brock Purdy. 49er fans hate me because I'm not willing to say he's a franchise quarterback and crown him just yet, even though I still think he's played incredibly well. But, you know, it takes a long time to get one of those guys and it's very, very hard to get one of those guys. And Cleveland, 
in theory has one, but he hasn't regained the form that he had in Houston when he was, to my eyes, every bit as good as Patrick Mahomes at his best. Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, I I don't know if I would say exactly that, but but up there, upper echelon QB. So I, I don't know that that just gets lost. So we'll find out. We'll find out, but the guy's got to be healthy for us to evaluate. That's the hardest thing. You want to evaluate him, but there's reasons to not evaluate what he did last year. There's reasons now if he's injured, how do you evaluate? That's just, that's where we're at. So you just got to take what you can take. But again, you've built a roster that should compete. You've built a ro- here in Cleveland. We've got a roster that should compete. This defense is going to win us football games this year. It already has, <laughs> and it's already tried to win other games. Uh, so the defense is going to win us games. They, they got, and we've got an offensive head coach. We've got still got good players on the offense. They've got to do enough to let this defense win us some games. That's that's the point. I don't know if that happens this week. Now, I did think of something as we were talking where I can kind of hate on the 49ers. Okay. I can kind of hate on, I don't hate Kyle Shanahan. I'm jealous of you guys for Kyle Shanahan. We had Kyle Shanahan. He was here. Famously, he did a PowerPoint presentation to explain why he should be let out of his contract here in Cleveland when he was stuck with uh, Brian Hoyer and famously Johnny Manziel. Uh, And we're sitting here watching another coach that we had, Mike McDaniel, be one of the best young coaches in football. Uh, Kyle Shanahan's a wizard, man. I mean, like... Is he appreciated out there in San Francisco like he is, I think, pretty much everywhere else? Uh, <laughs> he wasn't in the off- – during the offseason, no. During the season when they actually play, yes. And I, I have said that too. I-, I disagree with some of the way he's handled things. I think they did Trey Lance dirty. I really never thought they gave Trey Lance a, a chance to-, to show anything in San Francisco. But on the field, he is incredible. He is, I mean, they, they there's guys wide open. There are receivers that catch the ball and nobody's within 10 yards of them. And we're talking 15, 20 yards down the field. It's absurd how good he is. Uh, now, he hasn't obviously won a Super Bowl. I think he does, if there's a weakness there, I think he does tend to pucker up in close games and big games. I think he does feel the moment a little bit and he coaches not to lose sometimes. Um, but it hasn't been an issue when you're blowing teams out by multiple scores every week so far this year. That's exactly right. So let's talk about this game a little bit. Let's look at these two teams side by side. Let's start with, uh, let's start with that ridiculous, uh, 49ers defense. That is, I mean, that's a pretty good Dallas offense down there. And they just, they, I mean, it was sad. It was sad to watch them try to perform against the 49ers defense. They get after the quarterback, they cover well, they, what I love about a really good defense is when they lock down the middle of the field. You'll see a lot of good defenses on the perimeters and a lot of eh, in the middle of the field. The 49ers lock down the middle of the field really well. Uh, so there's that 49ers defense. Is there a way that you think, like if a team's, it's hard to say a team's going to go undefeated. It doesn't happen often. The teams that get wins against the 49ers, if that happens over the course of the year, how do you attack that defense? What's the best way to go about it? The defense is built to get pressure with four and have seven in coverage. And they generally are pretty successful at it. But if there is a weak, weaker point in the defense, it's deep passing. The secondary is okay. 
They have Talano Hufanga, who technically was an all pro last year. I think a lot of 49er fans would tell you that he sort of came out of the gate like a house of fire and then sort of trailed off as the year went on. He yeah. can be had in coverage. Uh, they have Mooney Ward, who's very, very good. But their second corner is Diamador Lenore, who's OK, but he's not, you know, a stud. And so to me, if you can get time, there are going to be big plays to be had against the 49ers. That would be the way to me that you have to beat them. If you try and just throw short and, and you know, keep the down and distance manageable, you're going to get destroyed because Dre Greenlaw and Fred Warner are incredible. They cover so much ground. And I know Warner gets a lot of credit. Keep your eye on number 57, Dre Greenlaw. He is everywhere on the field. And Fred Warner has said, whatever you think of me, think the same of Dre Greenlaw. So he's obviously held in very high esteem. Those two guys just dominate anything short. They just absolutely come to the ball carrier with bad intentions. So if you're going to get the 49ers, just chuck it deep because that's the weakest link. So when you look as of uh, from the 49ers side of things and you look at the 49ers defense going up now, let's let's just for the sake of our conversation here, pretend that Deshaun Watson is going to play again. We have no idea, uh, but let's assume he plays and let's assume he's feeling good. And he's Deshaun Watson from a 49ers perspective. As you look at this game, is there anything that gives you hesitation about the Cleveland Browns offense? If Deshaun plays and he uses his legs, that would scare me a little bit. The Niners have in the past been vulnerable to quarterbacks who can use their legs because a lot of times what happens is the pass rush gets up the field so quickly that there are huge rush lanes on either side for the quarterback to escape to. Now, I will say against Daniel Jones this year, they absolutely shut that down, but that's the Giants and Daniel Jones, so I don't want to use that as the, you know, the rule rather than that rather than the exception. So I would say if Deshaun can use his legs, and I'm not talking like scramble for five yards, I'm talking big chunk plays, especially on third down, that can definitely be a path to victory for Cleveland. Yeah, it's very interesting to me to look at the matchup because running the ball is going to be virtually impossible. I mean, again, we don't have Nick Chubb. I think Cleveland fans have to understand that running the ball against pretty much anybody in the NFL is going to be tough with Jerome Ford and Kareem Hunt. Uh, And that's... You know, Jerome Ford's a young guy. He can grow into something, but he's not there yet. Uh, and ever since they lost Nick Chubb, the rushing efficiency has been brutal. Um, I, it's really interesting from our perspective to see what the coaching staff comes up with because you've got a terrific, maybe the most undervalued wide receiver in all of football is Amari Cooper. People talk about Amari Cooper like yeah. he's not that good of a receiver. And yet every year he winds up being one of the best receivers, one of the the top yardage guys in the league. He goes over a thousand yards every year, it seems like. Um, but there's been some complaints about the usage of one of the newer acquisitions, uh, Elijah Moore. He's been like a gimmick guy. They've, they've used him as a gimmick guy. He's in the backfield a lot. He's in motion all the time. The guy runs like 27 miles a game uh, because he's constantly being put in motion. But he hasn't been used real effectively as a wide receiver, just a straight up wide receiver. So in this game, based on what you're saying, Rob, I think names to watch for Cleveland, if Deshaun plays and they they can pass the ball a little bit, I think the two names to watch would be Elijah Moore, see if they can get him in more of a functional wide receiver role, and Marquise Goodwin. In the opener, you brought him in to be a deep threat. In the opener, he got open twice against the Cincinnati Bengals, and Deshaun just didn't hit him. Uh, but he was running wide open down the field. He's a burner. Can you get Marquise Goodwin open down the field? Because if the Niners are susceptible to the long ball, that is your best long ball threat. At least the best one not named Amari Cooper. Uh, 
Uh, so that, to me, is a key for the Browns. That's a man I know well, former 49er Marquise Cooper. That's he right. was the guy Kyle Shanahan loved him. He thought he was going to be his deep threat, and and he played well. He just couldn't stay healthy. He was always banged up, but I know Marquise Goodwin well. Elijah Moore is a guy who athletically is a freak. He's incredibly yeah. athletic. He does scare me a little bit uh, just in terms of what he can do, but I think your complaint about him is similar to what a lot of 49er fans were saying about Debo before this year. Like, don't just do the gadget plays. Like, let him play his position, and, you know, let's see what he can do there. But no, those are those are a couple of weapons. And like I said, the Niners can be had deep. So it would not surprise me to see one of them in the slot. The Niners nickel corner is terrible, whether it's Ambry Thomas or Elijah, uh, Elijah, excuse me, Ambry Thomas or Isaiah Oliver. They both stink. So <laughs> if you want anything, put them in the slot and it'll be there for you all day long. It, it's insane. Even the one touchdown the Cowboys scored on Sunday night. Slot fade. Elijah. Uh, yep. Isaiah Oliver. It just it's there all the time. So that could be a spot where the the Browns can make some noise. Yeah, the difference between Elijah Moore of this year and the Debo Samuel uh uh kind of funky year that he had was he was awesome that year. <laughs> I mean he made the most of it and so far it's not working with Elijah Moore. So they gotta figure out maybe a little bit more of a, a routine with him. Going to the other side of the football, it is all those guys we've talked about. George Kittle had the George Kittle game. Why? Because I have was going against him in fantasy. And so, of course, mm-hmm. he was going to have the George Kittle game with three touchdowns against the Cowboys. Uh, but it's a it's a different guy every game. It's always Christian McCaffrey. And then it might be Brandon Ayuk. It might be Debo Samuel. It might be George Kittle. It's weapons upon weapons upon weapons. And I am so excited to watch. Here's my hope for this game. My hope is that the offense for the Browns does enough, win or lose, does enough to not allow the defense to get gassed. Because if the defense can stay a little bit fresh, then this this is a heavyweight fight between one of the best, if not the best offense in the league, and one of the best, if not the best defense in the league. Uh, just talk about like kind of the matchups that you're really interested in coming into this game. Well, for the 49ers, it's an embarrassment of riches. And oh. I always put it this way, right? Like every time the 49ers run a play, it's either going to an all pro or the other option is Brandon Ayuk, who's having a career right. year, <laughs> who has already set his career high in receiving yardage twice this year in four games. Yeah. So that's how good it is for San Francisco on offense. But the weakest part of the 49ers offense is their offensive line. The right side of the offensive line is very suspect. Their right guard is Spencer Burford. He's a fourth round pick who's, you know, he's doing what he can. He's not terrible. He's probably a league average guard or maybe slightly below around there and their right tackle is Colton McKivitz who at one point wasn't even good enough to make the 49ers roster they cut him now he's back he's taken over from Mike McGlinchey at right tackle but he is absolutely nothing special so I think you're going to see Miles Garrett just right over the top of him every single time so the 49ers have to avoid straight drop back situations they have to avoid third and long because the Browns will be able to get pressure anytime they want it because Colton McKivitz, he ain't it. And he certainly ain't it against Miles Garrett. I'll tell you that. So that would definitely be a matchup that I would look for. Um, I just, I don't know what you do if you're a defense, because like you said, it's always McCaffrey for sure. The offense orbits around McCaffrey, both as a runner and a receiver. They know how to use him. They know how to use the gravity that he has to attract defenders, to create opportunities for other players. 
Uh, so I don't know what you do against this Niners defense, but it has to it has to start with pressure. Starts with Miles Garrett. They're going to need him to be the defensive player of the year. So Darius Smith obviously obviously also is really really good. If they can get pressure, that's the way to beat the 49ers because then maybe you can get Brock Purdy to make some mistakes because he hasn't done it in the NFL. But at Iowa State, he did some weird stuff. He, there was a ball. <laughs> Added into the air, and he deflected the ball right to a defender at Iowa. Like he got benched at Iowa State. We'll take it. We'll take that this week. We'll so take it. Maybe you could get a little like a chaos situation, and eventually he's going to throw interceptions. He's not going to go the whole year without throwing an interception, even though he has so far. So I think that would be the formula for Cleveland. Yeah, and I think you know you're talking about pressure. I think that happens. It's got to happen in two places, and and that's it's got to be the. If you give Brock Purdy time and if you give Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel and George Kittle time to run routes and not just run routes, but like work their way off of routes and to find their way open for Brock Purdy, you're we're going to get assaulted. We're going to put up 40. They're going to put up 40 points and it's not going to be competitive. But if if a. You can get pressure on Purdy, but also that run defense pressure, you 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 fill those gaps, fill those lanes well. We've seen now Christian McCaffrey, and this is high praise for Christian McCaffrey because I don't think he's ever been a threat the way he is with San Francisco. He was always a threat with the Panthers. We've seen him in Cleveland. We've seen him against the Panthers, not often, but a couple of times. The Browns always seem to do a pretty decent job of bottling him up, even when they played the Panthers. I don't know how you bottle him up against when he plays with the 49ers. He is an incredible threat. But I, it's not just getting to Purdy, but it's not allowing. You, you got to figure out a way. I think Jim, Jeremiah Wusukoromo is huge in this game to be at kind of as a spy, uh, to be running along with Christian McCaffrey in the pass game. And you can't let him go off because if you let him go off, you make Brock Purdy's life easy. And that's that's the that's the dilemma. That's what nobody's been able to figure out. And that's what the Browns and Jim Schwartz and this defense are trying to figure out this week. Yeah, McCaffrey, like I said, the whole offense orbits around him. Even if he doesn't go off as a runner, they use him as a receiver so well, and they use him as a decoy a lot of the times, too, because they know if he starts in the backfield and motions out into the slot, your defense has two options. You either adjust to account for that and maybe get a safety on him, or if you leave a linebacker on him, he's getting the ball. He, th There is no yeah, right, right. The only linebacker that can cover Christian McCaffrey is on the 49ers, and his name is Fred Warner. <laughs> so other than that, you're, you're cooked at that point. And so, and that's what the 49ers do so well is they constantly change the picture for your defense. They'll come out in a formation and by the time they snap the ball, it'll be totally different because they're going to shift every play and they're going to have a guy in motion at the snap. So your defense has to be on it because the Niners are masters at confusing you and changing the picture of like, wait, okay, well, Christian McCaffrey started in the backfield. Then he went to the slot. Now he's in motion. Wait, now they have a fullback and he's yep. motioning out wide. Like they're constantly changing your rules. And so it's very, very difficult to stop them. That's like Miles Garrett going in motion on defense and having tight ends follow him around. Which that's, so we know this. I loved <laughs> that by him. That was so <laughs> incredible. It was like, hey, guess what? I don't even have to do anything. You can't snap the ball. <laughs> yeah, it was awesome. All right, Rob, we're going to uh, wrap up here on the doghouse. Again, go follow Rob at Stats on Fire. If you're not already doing that, I don't know what you're doing. Rob's a great follow on Twitter. Great coverage. 
of the 49ers. If you want to read more this week or you want to watch more this week about the upcoming game, the last thing we're going to do here, Rob, before I uh, we get out of here on the doghouse for this week is we're just going to do predictions. So I want to hear your prediction. Again, Browns, 49ers, 1 o'clock. Uh, it, oh, again, weather could play a factor in this game because it's supposed to be wet this weekend here in Cleveland. Uh, but what's your prediction for this game uh, with the Browns and the Niners? Not to go rocky on you, but prediction? Pain. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) The expression is a lot of gamblers lose money betting on streaks to end. Well, until the 49ers lose and until they don't score 30 points, I have to keep picking them to do it because they they are a well-oiled machine right now. So I think the 49ers are going to win again. I imagine it'll probably be something in the neighborhood of 35. If it's PJ Walker, the 35, 13, maybe. Um, I, I don't, again, I'm not trying to, to hate on the Browns at all, but this 49ers team, this is the best, second best 49ers team of my life. Cause I remember the 94 championship team and that team was loaded with hall of famers, but this is the second best 49ers team of my life. And until somebody beats them, I have to pick them to keep rolling. Nobody's taking that as hate, Rob. Nobody's taking that as hate. Look, listen, we're it's the dog pound. It's Browns fans, and I have to apologize because I got nothing bad to say about the 49ers. I'm picking the 49ers this week. If Deshaun Watson doesn't play, 42 to 9. <laughs> 42 to 9 is the final score of this game. I, I, I there's no reason for me to think. I think the defense is gonna look pretty damn good. I think we're all gonna be thinking, like, oh, this defense is hanging on with the Niners. But if Deshaun Watson doesn't play, second half is going to get ugly. It's going to get ugly because the defense is going to get tired. If Deshaun Watson plays, I'm still picking the Niners. Uh, but I think it's more of a like a 30 to 21 type ball game if Deshaun plays. Because I think maybe you can extend, if he's feeling okay, you can extend some drives, keep the defense fresh. Uh, but I'm with you. I I got nothing to pick against the 49. I want to. I want to pick the Browns in this game, Rob. I want to pick the Browns. I do not want to be two and three. I hate the thought of that, but I got no, I have nothing telling me to pick the Browns. So I hate that for us. I hate that for the dog pound. I hate that for Browns fans, but Hey, that's why they play the games on Sundays. And you never know. You never know. No team has ever won a hundred straight games. So some point they're going to lose. And maybe it could be this week. We'll find out. Rob, thank you so much for joining us here in the doghouse this week. I cannot tell you how much I appreciate your time. Uh, Again, go follow Rob. Check out everything he's doing for the 49ers. Stats on fire on Twitter. Uh, Man, thank you so much. Thanks for the great input. And uh, hey, keep having fun with this 49ers team this year, man. (laughs) Thanks, Mike. Thanks for having me. All right. That's Rob Guerrera. Uh, go check him out again. Stats on fire. That's going to do it for us on the dog, the dog house. Make sure you're tuned into everything. OBR, the OBR on Twitter, uh, on, on, on Facebook, make sure you're tuned into the website, all the best writing, all the best reporting, everything good about the Cleveland Browns happens on the OBR. That's going to do it here. Stay tuned because in just over an hour, I'm right back with you. It's the garage beers podcast, and we're going to switch it up. It's not so much Browns anymore. It's NHL hockey season. We're going to do a Columbus Blue Jackets preview. We're going to talk a little bit of hockey. We've got some great guests coming out for that. So make sure you tune in for that. But until then, follow everything. The OBR, follow me on Twitter at Garage Beers Mike. And that's going to do it for the doghouse. Until next week, cheers. Go Browns, everybody.